listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. This is Business and Finance in 10 Minutes for this Monday, the 31st of July 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll be speaking with Elio D'Amato from Stockopedia about what he thinks the RBA will do with interest rates tomorrow. But first to electric vehicles and the Electric Vehicle Council says more EVs have been sold in the first six months of this year than in all of 2022 combined. For more, Raina Bosch spoke with the Council's Natalie Thompson. What we've seen is really, really encouraging. And, you know, year on year, we keep seeing, seeing EV sales doubling. Um, and that's obviously down to a number of factors. Uh, one of these is obviously just growing awareness among consumers about the different environmental benefits and others of EVs, which is driving demand both here in Australia and overseas. And that includes things like, you know, the advancement in technology um, of the models available, improved range, the broader deployment of charging infrastructure, which obviously provides a lot of comfort um, to consumers when they're taking longer journeys. But in addition, obviously, improved affordability as well of what's on offer, which is also being helped by government incentives and policies to encourage the adoption of EVs. Now, despite this uptake in adoption, it appears that supply is on the lower end here in Australia. The uh, National Electric Vehicle Council is linking this to a lack of efficiency standards. Can you talk us through how the two play into each other? Absolutely. So what's really obviously important um, to encourage manufacturers to supply vehicles to Australia is that they need a strong sort of regulatory incentive. And we do see that in a lot of other countries in the world, you know, pretty much every major economy globally has fuel efficiency standards in place. These are sort of CO2 tailpipe emission standards. Um, and these require manufacturers to improve the efficiency of the vehicle fleet being supplied. And we know that at the moment, Australia is missing out on the supply of EV models, which are being made and are being sent to other markets, including right-hand drive markets like New Zealand. So strong new vehicle efficiency standards will play a key role in incentivising the production and in the supply to Australia of a wider range of more efficient vehicles, including electric vehicles, leading to a more varied and more affordable options for consumers. Based on this report that's been released today, there are three key vehicle types that appear to be dominating the market here. So what would more supply actually mean in terms of how the market progresses moving forward? Um, what more supply would mean is obviously increased in variety and choices for consumers in the EVs that they would like to buy and development of a secondhand market as well, because that's obviously a key driver of increasing EV uptake because we know that the majority of Australians don't want to purchase a new vehicle um, because there are obviously upfront affordability concerns as well. So uh, what we'll also see from greater supply into the market from you know having new vehicle efficiency standards is that we'll see greater competition amongst manufacturers, which will drive innovation and technology improvements across the board. And that's obviously happening globally, but that can also have an impact in Australia in terms of improving the competitive pricing of um, the vehicles on sale in addition, over the long term, we'll see accelerated efficiency and electrification of Australia's entire vehicle fleet, which will actually mean that we can contribute to emission reduction targets where transport is currently falling behind. Now, with demand ticking up, if supply were to meet that, what would we have to see here in terms of infrastructure? Because we know at the moment there just doesn't seem to be enough to meet the amount of electric vehicles that are on the roads. We know that every state and territory in the country is deploying a network which will obviously service the high power charging needs for most Australians. The challenge is obviously having that rollout timed with the uptake of EVs as well. Um, there are always going to be a few infrastructure barriers there, but we know the deployment is happening. And so over the next five to 10 years, we should see this broader national network in place. In addition, we also know 
but the majority of Australians who do have access to off-street parking will be able to plug their vehicle in at home, um, which means that they won't actually require the sort of public charging networks for the majority of the time. That said, there are obviously challenges, you know, from an equity perspective for consumers who don't have access to off-street parking that, you know, may rent in apartment dwellings. And so they will also have some challenges, but we are obviously aware of industry working with government today to address these barriers as well. Outside of the introduction of fuel efficiency standards, what else can be done in order to bolster the the infrastructure here in Australia and also the uptake of EVs here? There's a different range of, of measures. Obviously, continued investment in the deployment of the public charging network will be a key way to obviously alleviate future issues around range anxiety and the inadequacy of um, the number of charging stations available. Uh, more broadly, obviously, we are seeing, you know, a number of states and territories taking slightly different approaches to the way they incentivize the purchase of EVs. We would say that having a nationally consistent approach would, would be um, more preferable in the short term. And we obviously know that these will need to come down over time. But in the interim, while we're working towards accelerating this transition, we need to maintain that level of support to really help you know, reduce those upfront purchase costs. In addition, there's obviously a lot of other work that could be done um, around conducting more public awareness campaigns around broadening the understanding of EVs and addressing misconceptions that may have arisen um, through lack of information over time. Um, more, more importantly, we want to see fleets electrify. And so we know that governments in particular have quite substantial vehicle fleets. And by accelerating vehicle turnover in these fleets, we know that that can obviously supply the secondhand market over time, which can then lead to more affordable options for consumers as well. Um, and I guess separate to that, um, we've been talking a lot about light vehicles. We need to do a lot more um, as a country and also globally to decarbonise the freight sector. There are significant challenges that do arise in addressing the electrification of trucking, but they can be overcome. They just need substantial policy support and the right incentives to really push that along, along with the infrastructure. Speaking with Natalie Thompson from the Electric Vehicle Council there. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. Investors really on the sidelines today ahead of the RBA decision tomorrow. The S&P ASX 200 only up by 0.1%. I spoke with Elio D'Amato, he's an analyst at Stockopedia. And the market's looking at about a 25% chance of a rate rise tomorrow. Most believe the RBA will take a breath and absorb some more data before making a future decision, especially now that uh, they think, well, basically everyone now thinks there's one rate rise to go in this current cycle. So there's no immediate rush for the RBA to get there straight away. It is important to note, though, that uh, this will be, you know, likely the central banks won't take their finger off the button, as it were. Um, this pause, I mean, we've seen things like, for example, property prices continue to rise on the East Coast. We've seen retail figures uh, remain positive on an aggregate level. Uh, unemployment is still stoically low. So the risk of appearing too relaxed and perhaps sending an overly bullish signal uh, could see the possibility for acceleration of spending from a higher starting position, which could compound the inflationary pressures that we feel. So with central banks around the world, like uh, Japan, appearing uh, more hawkish, uh, the US recently rising rates themselves, Whilst the RBA may very well decide to you know, rule, have a look at the temperature of the landscape, as it were, I don't think this will be the end of them in this current rate rise cycle. So where were the moves on the market today? 
Uh, yeah, well, um, the, basically the read across the board everywhere was uh, pretty negative, unfortunately, on the back of everyone waiting for tomorrow. Uh, uh, technology and consumer staples took a walloping today on the back of concerns over margins in the lead up to the coming reporting season. The only sector that really put up much of a fight was healthcare, uh, presumably some bargain hunting there as it has been one of our poorer performing sectors for some time. Um, yeah, obviously margin crunch is the big issue at play at the moment in the back of the fact that we've seen a lot of companies upgrade revenue guidance, but very little detail on the cost side. And that's what everyone's watching this reporting season. China's manufacturing sector is continuing to shrink. New data out today. Investors, I guess, are keen to see more stimulus being injected by whether it's the, the government, the, the People's Bank of China. What do you make of China's uh, progression emerging from that extended pandemic? Yeah, this recovery has been sluggish at best. Uh, it does highlight the risk of being in an economy so heavily focused on external consumption and its only internal consumption is pretty much driven by the property sector. So. So China's obviously aware of this. Um, and at the moment, to be honest, bad news is a bit of good news for observers. I mean, even when the Chinese Politburo met last week with no demonstrable outcome, uh, just because of rumours that they will eventually do something, the market went up. So given the focus on commodities locally, um, this is a big deal for us because, of course, when stimulus kicks in, uh, many of the metals which have lagged over the last 12 months could potentially see some strong improvement. Uh, oil, it's headed for its best month since early 2023. What's behind this and what will it likely mean for investors and for motorists? Yeah, production cuts at OPEC and Russia are really uh, expected to see stockpile falls across the world. And uh, with the US economy still growing amidst hopes of avoiding a recession, of course, um, you know, China's impending stimulus plan markets are are betting somewhat that the price of oil will go up in the near term. So futures prices have been rising. Now, this is not good news for us as refining margins are still quite high at the minute. Oil is a cost input into refining or the refining process. So if input costs go up, so too does the finished product, uh, which means obviously it's going to be passed on consumers at the petrol pump. And finally, in this environment, you know, there's still the potential for one more rate rise. Uh, inflation's still high. Where do you see the invest the opportunities for investors? Well, we are on the cusp of a reporting season. Inevitably, there'll be the odd surprise that will be thrown up, uh, up at us. So we won't be too blinkered in our view in regards to where the opportunities are. But obviously, where you see a company that has margin expansion, um, margins are the great profit compounder. So you're not going to find many of this reporting season, unfortunately. So when you do, and they will come from any sector, um, they will prove to be an opportunity uh, in this current environment. We also remain comfortable with companies at the start of the inflation hedge food chain. So commodities are front of mind here. So if you believe that the Chinese government will eventually do something to stimulate the economy soon, then they're the obvious beneficiaries straight away. Uh, notwithstanding, though, that many have been reporting also um, cost pressures um, in their quarterly updates um, in the recent month. Um, and also, we expect the quarterly updates from the banks to be quite solid. Now, notwithstanding the challenging macro environment, uh, delinquencies are still very low. And there is evidence that uh, many loan rates have been actually rising quicker than what the RBA has been raising rates, which is being done to support a squeezing net interest margin that many have been predicting in the near term. So there is a strong potential for them to surprise. Elia D'Amato there from Stockopedia.
This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.